This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey in Mississippi today. As the coronavirus outbreak continues to spread in the United States, Mississippi Flood Services is continuing to urge individuals to make donations to ensure continued adequacy of blood supply. Here to talk with us today about what you can do to help is Director of Donor Recruitment, Merle Elridge. Merle, um, it's good to talk to you again. I haven't talked to you, gosh, it's been at least since Halloween. Uh, anyway, it, for years I've been able to work with you, and I'm just glad that you've been on the show today. I hope you're doing okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, no problem. No problem. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had a pretty good, small, but good Thanksgiving. What about yourself? Yeah, but the same way. I mean, the, the whole small part was a little bit different, but um, mm-hmm. in a way it turned out to be really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Did you a do all the intimate. cooking? I, I, well, we, we tag teamed it. I worked with, with my mother-in-law, and she did a few things, and I did a few things. Oh, that's that's good. So you and yeah. your mother-in-law get along well enough that you can do that, and you don't have to have a food taster for the food. That's right. That's right. That's a good thing. Yeah, we, you know, we did a lot of the cooking, but also, too, we helped support a local restaurant, and we bought a bunch of stuff, too, this year, because we, we've kind of been busy. We've been doing some moving and so forth, so it was kind of like Amy looked at me, and she said, I'm going to buy some of this stuff. And I looked at her and I said, okay, here's the debit card. Knock yourself out. You know, of course, <laughs> just sometimes you just got to do that. But I'm That's glad you right. had a good one. Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird, this world we live in now. And I wanted to have you on today to talk a little bit about, I mean, all the stuff that you've kind of been through this year. Because like, like every business, you all have had to basically um, adapt on the fly. And I know it's been just a real crazy year for you. It really has, and, and the challenge just continues. Um, you know, we've now gone several weeks where we've been unable to get the hospitals what they need. Um, and what's scary about that is that means that the hospitals are having to triage their patients, and there are patients that are having to go without um, treatment because the blood is just not available to them. Yeah, I mean, talk about that a little bit, and we'll get into some of the weeds on this because um, the numbers have been just skyrocketing the last couple of weeks and it's like we're going into a third surge now on COVID. But I mean, the thing is, even though COVID is a problem, everybody else, I mean, all the other things are still happening too. That's Our, right. You know, even yeah. with, even with COVID, um, we still have cancer patients that need treatment, treatment, sickle cell patients that need treatment. Unfortunately, accidents are still occurring that require blood products. So, um, those things continue, and COVID has had an, a negative impact on our ability to collect blood, whether it's not being able to get into the schools, which is typically about 70% of our blood products about this time of year, um, or just people fearful of not coming out, um, which is part of why we have, you know, really um, taken to social media, gotten out as much as we possibly can to let people know that um, blood donations is an essential task, and it's much needed, and we are 
um, following all CDC guidelines and making sure that we are keeping everyone as safe as possible with extensive cleaning and PPE and, and all of the above to make sure everyone's safe so that we can get those blood products that these patients need. Before we really get too deep into the weeds on this, because I really do, like I said, I think there's a lot of things I think folks need to know to feel safe about it. Because I've given mm -hmm. blood once and given platelets once this year, and uh, it was a completely very comfortable, safe experience. So, I mean, I didn't have any worry at all. But yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about you real quick, because you and I have worked together if for people that don't know, and I don't know how you don't know, because there's lots of commercials that have been involved, but uh, for the last, what, 14 years, I can't, I've almost lost mm -hmm. track, um, Barbie mm -hmm. Bassett, who's the world-famous um, meteorologist for WLBT, and I have teamed up to do two blood drives a year. So, I mean, I do have a little bit of a, a connection with Mississippi Blood Services with that, but we, we do that service, you know, every year I do the T-shirt, Barbie provides the fame and um, that's always really a lot of fun so you and I've had the pleasure of working together for six, six years but tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about your job because it's changed a little bit over the years it really has so when when I first started with Mississippi Blood Services six years ago um, I was brought on for PR and marketing um, and I was essentially the manager of communications um, I now have moved to the role of um, director of donor recruitment and mobile collections. So essentially any task that we do here at Mississippi Blood Services that includes recruitment of donors. So whether it's PR, marketing, um, our mobile recruiters that are out booking our blood drives, telerecruitment, you name it, um, that's part of it. Um, I also oversee all mobile collections. Um, we have anywhere from five to ten blood drives across the state, and I oversee that as well. Um, and also Oxford and Cleveland locations, which a lot of people don't even know we have. Um, so my um, my umbrella has broadened pretty significantly in the last six years. It, it definitely has. Give us a little <laughs> background about Mississippi Blood Services and what the goal and the mission is of your organization. You know, one of the things I love saying about Mississippi Blood Services is we are the only blood center headquartered here in the great state of Mississippi providing much-needed safe blood products to Mississippi patients. Um, we've been here over 40 years providing to Mississippi patients and, and look forward to 40-plus more years of, um, of saving patients' lives, and that's all because of volunteer blood donors um, that support us. How many locations do you have around the state? We have um, three physical locations. We have our, our location here in Flowood, our main center. Um, we also have a lo location in Cleveland as well as Oxford where we see donors five days a week. Um, and then, like I said earlier, we have anywhere from five to ten blood drives across the state, anywhere from Corinth, Mississippi, all the way to Biloxi, Mississippi. So we cover all corners of the state. Let's hop into the MPV time machine and go back to March, because that's really when the pandemic hit and everybody shut everything down. I was reading one article of, about what y'all were going through, and you were trying to shut down blood drives right and left. How did you get through that early patch when you could not hold blood drives? Oh, my goodness. I can tell you it was it was an intense chess game, to say the least. So we within the first couple of weeks, so March 11th, is a date that will forever be burned in my brain as the first case here in Mississippi. Um, and from that day forward, we lost hundreds, not just a few, we lost hundreds of blood drives, whether it's businesses or churches or schools. Um, and so essentially what we had to do was think quick, move fast, 
and look to our community drive. So a lot of places that you'll see us is at Walmart and Kroger um, and places like that that are, are very well known to the people in the community. So we can send out a blast text to the people um, in that area and let them know that we're going to be at Walmart that day to get them to come in. Um, that's typically what we consider our summer plan. So once we're out of schools, um, we start going to these community drives. So really what we had to do was flip the switch and start our summer plan in March. Um, the bad part of that is, so the good, so I'm going to start with the good. The good part is that we have phenomenal donors here in the state of Mississippi, and they stepped up to help. Um, and so our community drives did well. Um, but what happened is since we started our summer plan early, once summer actually got here, and quite frankly still kind of continues even into December, is going to lots of these community drives we've seen those numbers start to dwindle. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, COVID burnout, if it's donor burnout, but we're seeing those numbers dwindle and the response to those community drives kind of go down. So wow, I can tell you it's scary. And since March, we have, we have been moving pieces quickly. Um, come August, when we had a few schools book, um, we've even now started um, with cancellations of schools again, just simply because a lot of them are having to go back to the virtual format. Yeah, I think I think you you're right. I think a couple things. I think probably there is some COVID fatigue. People are just tired right now, and it's mm -hmm. like they're just kind of just trying to get through this year. But I think the other thing is with the case numbers going up, that you know people mm -hmm. are kind of having to quarantine, and it's getting a little bit. So that's why it's so important um, for people that can give to give right now. That's right. That's right. It is. It has never been more important to come out and donate. It's the last thing I ever, and I know I mentioned this earlier, but the last thing that I ever want to share with people is that we're not able to get the hospitals what they need. Um, and, and we're going on, on probably week four that we're not able to fulfill those hospital orders. And, and you know, considering that every two seconds someone needs blood, it could be someone you know and love, the last thing you ever want to tell a parent or tell a, a wife or a husband or a loved one of any sort is that the treatment is not available for their for their loved one. Yeah, what happens if that happens? I mean, do do they have to get blood from out of state? What what do they do if, if they can't get it from here? I mean, I mean, or they like you said, they kind of have to postpone or triage, right? Right, and see, that's what makes this even compounded even bigger. Is this is not just a Mississippi problem. This is a national shortage. Um, yeah. It's not just here. And so in the past, what has happened is when Mississippi Blood Services has a time that they're unable to get what the hospitals need, we work with an organization called Blood Centers of America, and it's a network of blood centers that essentially are able to help each other out. Um, well, where we stand right now is nobody has extra to share. Um, they're yeah. all in the same boat we are. And so there's no really and truly when I say our shelves are empty, I mean as a country our shelves are empty. Nationally, our shelves are empty. And so when we're unable to get the hospitals what they need, quite frankly, it's nowhere to be found. We have an amazing staff um, here in our hospital services team that, that literally every end of the country trying to find what is needed to make sure we get these orders filled. And it's just not been available. You know, I talked to a lot of folks with different charities and different organizations. And, you know, like, for instance, when Katrina hit Mississippi, and as catastrophic and horrible as that was, and you remember it and I remember it and everybody mm -hmm. listening probably remembers it, it was very regional. 
you know, and, and like mm-hmm. I said, you, whether it's the power company or the, the Red Cross or anybody else, they can call in help from other areas. And well, mm-hmm. you just laid it out there perfectly. This is happening all across not only the country, but around the world. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's talk a little bit real quick about why, um, about what blood products are and what you need because i mean there are i mean because like for instance i mentioned yeah i've given blood i've given platelets there's different things that people can do that's right and i can tell you right now we need all of the above um okay. in the past i'm i'm a pause and in the past i would say typically our a pause shelves stay pretty full um even our a pause has seen very weak moments um, I actually got an email this morning from the lady who oversees our um, inventory, and we only have two O negatives on the shelf as of this morning, um, two. Um, considering that a, a major car accident could require 50 to 100, that's a very scary place to be. Um, platelets are also extremely important. They're extremely fragile, so they um, expire within just a few days. So it's important that we keep a good, healthy inventory of platelets as well. One of the other things that we're really talking to people about coming in and donating is if you are a recovered COVID patient, um, you actually could be considered to donate what's called CCP or COVID convalescent plasma. And that is actually a blood product that's being used to treat people that are currently fighting the virus. Um, and, and the great thing about it is it's actually proven or shown great success in the recovery rate for these patients. So right now, not only can you come in and donate whole blood um, or red cells or platelets, but if you're recovered COVID, um, you can actually check into seeing if you're qualified to donate that as well. That was one thing, too, and before we take a break, I just remember uh, when I gave that they they let me know whether I had antibodies or not, which I think mm-hmm. was really kind of a cool thing to know, especially with so many asymptomatic cases. All right, well, it's time for us to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll continue our discussion with Merle Eldridge, Director of Donor Recruitment with Mississippi Blood Services. Look, if you have any questions or comments at your show, too, we'd love to hear from you. So give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. You ask me what I want, you ask me what I need, it's nothing you can buy, my heart's not ruled by greed, I don't love a diamond, diamonds you see through, I want you to hold me, I want you to be true. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is MPB Think Radio. 
Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today, editor-at-large and cartoonist. Hey, today we've been talking with Director of Donor Recruitment for Mississippi Blood Services, Merle Elridge, about their organization, how you can make a difference in holiday service. We did a little bit of reading this morning. I was talking about how the uh, path to peace is through giving and serving others. And I can't think of a better way of serving others than by giving blood, particularly right now. And as we've been talking about, if you've missed the earlier part of the show, Obviously, the numbers are down not only here in Mississippi, but all around the country. We're in the middle of a pandemic um, for various sundry reasons that people are not donating. And so, therefore, there is a crisis of blood. So I thought I'd have Merlin today to talk a little bit about what we can be doing. And right before we went to the break, I mentioned uh, getting the antibody test with my blood donation. And Merle, I just want you to tell us a little bit more about that, because I think that was, that was particularly cool that you all offered that. Yeah, and we actually are still offering that at Select Blood Drives. And if you go to our website it actually, and, and go to the calendar section, you can actually see which one of our drives we offer that. Um, so it's a great opportunity for us to um, do an additional test um, to see if you are a carrier of the antibody. Um, and what we found is, is that there are several people that have been asymptomatic that had no clue whatsoever that they had it. Um, and the, the great thing about it is if you do find out that you um, carry the antibody, then you are a candidate um, to donate plasma because um, those antibodies within your plasma can actually be used in the treatment of someone currently fighting the virus. Um, so it, it is a very interesting thing we were able to offer um, to our donors and, and are still doing so at several of our locations. Yeah, I know, because I know so many people, particularly early on in the pandemic, were thinking, you know, I, I was sick back in February, or I was sick back in March, you know, early, and I may have had COVID, I may not. So it was kind of a kind of a neat way to find out whether or not you really had it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. And it, when we first started offering that in June, um, we we had a huge spike in donor response, and it was it was just that it was those people who, you know, at the beginning of all of this COVID um, um, virus, there was certain criteria that you had to meet to be tested. Um, we weren't testing to the volume we are now, and so a lot of people that were sick in January, February, March, and even April didn't necessarily qualify for those to be tested for COVID um, and just wanted to come in and, and see if that's what they had when, when they were filling down in the dumps. Um, and, and that antibody was able to tell them whether or not they did. Yeah, I was one of those people too, because I couldn't get tested in March. I was really sick and I had not been out of, out of to China. And that was basically mm-hmm. the, the situation. So I couldn't get tested. Yeah, I thought it was great. So you did have a lot of people come in on that. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned some of the blood types that you need more of. And tell us a little bit about blood types. Cause I, I mean, I, I, I think I'm O positive. I mean, I think I know that. But, you know, it's amazing that there are so many different types of blood. It's really kind of important to know that. That's right. And, you know, one of the really cool things about blood types, too, is you can actually look at states and the, the makeup of blood types within any given state is actually different across the country. Um, you can actually look within even the, the counties within um, the state of Mississippi, and there'll be a larger pool of population of ONEGs in certain areas um, and APOs in certain areas. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, but essentially, you know, what you're going to hear us talk about a lot is, is O negative. Um, with your O negative, they're the universal donors. So when there's an emergency that happens and a doctor doesn't know the blood type of the patient, O negative can be used to treat that patient. Um, so essentially it can use, be used for any blood type. So that's why you hear us talk a lot about 
O negative and the need to make sure there's plenty of that on the shelf. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's the blood type thing is very interesting. And, and I, I, and I encourage you to do a little research and, and look at the different demographic makeup of, of those blood types as well. It's pretty cool. I was going to ask, why is that? Is that because there's like genetic, is it like huge, you know, families living one area or what, what drives that? You know, I, I, I couldn't really tell you. I think that um, one thing that impacts it is race. Um, you see um, certain blood types that are um, more prominent in certain races than others. Um, I, I think that's a big key component of it. That's kind of cool. So, okay, mm -hmm. well, at least, okay, we've done our homework assignment for this, this week, folks. So everybody <laughs> go right. figure that one out <laughs> on that. You know, you had mentioned earlier about hospitals not, have you know what what do they do like you said do they just tell people like for instance your surgery isn't necessary right now we're gonna have to put you off is that is that what they do is that what they tell yeah people? yeah Oof. so so yeah we've we've um a lot of elective surgeries have had to be canceled um you know there was a time during just because of covid that electives were canceled um but they're they're triaging cancer patients they're triaging sickle cell patients and you know we work closely with a lot of patients across the state and so we're hearing from them from their parents and from their family saying okay why why isn't it there? there? The nurse told me today that there's no blood available or there's no platelets available for treatment. And so we're hearing it from um, the patients and their families. Um, I, I know that, you know, there's been several patients that have called us saying, okay, what can we do? How can we make a difference? And so you'll see a huge surge of their family members coming in to, to donate. So essentially what the hospitals are having to do is for the lack of a better way of, of saying it, they just have to triage by importance and, and, and who needs it the most. And because the other piece of it is they've got to make sure they also have on their shelves what's needed in case of an emergency. I know my friend Chuck had a particularly nasty mm -hmm. virus, and I know a lot of people came in for him and gave platelets, mm -hmm. for instance, and I did too. And so mm -hmm. I know you get a lot of that as well. Why is it? It seems like this time of year it's always slow. Is it just because of the holidays and people get busy and they don't ever think to come in? You know, this is always a very challenging time. So right now we're compounded with COVID. Um, but I do think it's just, you know, the hustle and bustle of the holidays. People are are just busy. And, and the sad thing is that blood donation kind of moves um, from a priority standpoint down towards the bottom of the list because, our you know, our lists are pretty long this time of year of all the things that we need to, to do and be prepared for. And, and you know, our, our a lot of our students are wrapping up and um, for the holidays and they've got testing going on. And so a lot of parents are involved with that. I think there's just so much that goes on this time of year that donating blood moves towards the bottom. And so that's, you know, I highly encourage people to try to make sure that we keep that on the top of your list because at the end of the day, an hour of your time could truly mean a lifetime for somebody in need. Um, and I keep going back to this, I know, but you do not want to be on the receiving end of the message that the blood product is just not there for your loved one. Um, and so that's the only way we can prevent that is just making sure we keep the blood donations at the top of the list um, and we keep coming in every 56 days when we can donate. That was a big reason why I wanted to have you on today, definitely. So we can talk about it. We're talking with Merle Elrich. He's Director of Donor Recruitment at Mississippi Blood Services. And, of course, if you have a question or comment for our guest, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. 
you know, we talked about the different types of blood, uh, you know, obviously O positive, which is pretty generic, I think, and O negative, which is like super cool because it can, you know, any type of blood drive, and, I mean, any type of blood type in an emergency, it can be used for that. What's the rarest kind and the hardest? You mentioned a, an A type that's tough to, to keep on the shelves. What's, what's the hardest one to keep? Um, the smallest percentages here in Mississippi are AB neg and AB pos. Um, those are, are probably the lowest percentage. Um, so, but there's also not a huge need for that, um, but they are the rarest, especially here in Mississippi. I can tell you, I, I go back to this again, with the O-Neg, that's the hardest to keep on the shelf. Those shelves typically stay empty. Um, we may have five to 10 um, on that shelf if there, if there are any. Tell us a little bit about Heal for Real initiative. You started it last year. Uh, did you get to keep doing something similar to that this year? Um, we partnered with um, a, um, a streaming um, um, gaming group um, to do the Heal for Real, and that was a national um, program that we did. And so we were able to give away some GameStop gift cards to really try to, to reach that younger demographic. Um, so um, that the reach for that was like your 16, 17 to 30 year old males. Um, and, you know, it, it, it did very well when we did that. It was a great opportunity for us to kind of speak the language of, of the gamers to see if we could entice them to come in. We actually gave away a really cool Alienware um, computer system. Um, if you know anything about gaming, you know that that's the, the most um, valuable piece of equipment to have in the gaming world. Um, so it, it was a great opportunity for us just to try to reach that different demographic. You know, that, that kind of brings up an interesting uh, question because I know just even six years ago when you started this, it was just so different on how you, what vehicles you use to reach people. And I know you know, I mean, I've been very fortunate that for 14 years that Barbie and I have been able to do what we do and been able to draw. And we had a record year this year um, mm -hmm. for the Halloween drive. But it, it's it's I mean, you had to switch from traditional media and then you're having to do a lot of social media and mm -hmm. online. It's just tell us a little bit about that switch and how are you able to adapt? Yeah, it's been an ongoing challenge and a constant change. I think, like you said, and, and I'm really not just saying this because I'm on the phone with you, but um, our only tried and true um, promo is with you and Marsh, um, you and Barbie. Um, that Valentine's and Halloween has, has stayed solid with us this entire time. But I can tell you over the six years, we have, we have changed directions many times, whether it's from a marketing um, media standpoint and our approach there, um, or even down to, you know, we often offer incentives and what those incentives look like. Um, one of the things that I've learned is that if we try a certain incentive, whether it's a long sleeve or colored t-shirt, um, this week that's usually successful doesn't mean in two months it's going to be successful again. Um, so we just have to complete, constantly change how we look at how we're marketing, how we're incentivizing our donors and what really is speaking the language of our people right now i can tell you this year one of the things we found is you know people really love a good gift card um because you know right now people are looking for extra money here and there and so um, occasionally we were able to offer you know 10 and 15 dollar gift cards when you came in and donated um, so this year that was a, a really great tool for us um, also, like Amazon gift cards, that was that was a huge tool because a lot of people are doing a lot of online shopping. Um, so, you know, this year we had to look at things a little differently. 
um, in the beginning, we gave away a lot of electronics because we knew people were going to be at home using their iPads and their computers and their TVs, um, watching TV a lot. So, so every year we've kind of changed um, this year, especially. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, I, one thing I, I, I do notice the demographics of the people that come in and give during our blood drives, and it's all over the map. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. older people that come in that are pretty regular that do it, then you've got people that are my age that are doing it, then you, you do get the younger people, like, in, for instance, with the gaming community. I thought that mm-hmm. that was a brilliant way of doing that. What mm-hmm. What is kind of the breakdown? I mean, do you have a lot of younger people now that are coming in and giving? Well, used to, I would say. Um, that typically most of the blood products come from your 23 and younger, but that was because we carried so much blood products from high schools and colleges. So this year our demographics have drastically changed. Um, You know, a lot of times um, we've had this conversation, quite frankly, a few times across the nation with ADRP is that, we're seeing a lot of shift towards more women um, in the 40 to 50 age group donating. So that demographic has grown over this year. Um, but it's, it's typically all over the place. Um, our demographics spread from um, 18 all the way to 70 plus. I mean, we have donors that um, have been um, habitual donors with us for years and years and years. Um, and then the challenge is trying to convert some of these younger donors into your champion blood donors that are going to come in on a regular basis and, and become a, a blood donor lifer um, and, and, and continue to do this long term. Yeah, it's, uh, I understand. It's for, even for me, it's sometimes it's a challenge to do the same thing three days in a row. So, I mean, uh-huh. that is true. But you always get me. Anyway, it's time for us to take our last break and we'll return. We'll wrap up our conversation with Merle Elridge, Director of Donor Recruitment for Mississippi Blood Services. Hey, remember, you have a question or comment, give us a call. Number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Stay tuned. Now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. Can you still help somehow? I'm not a child, but my heart still can dream. So here's my lifelong wish My grown-up Christmas list Not for myself, but for a world in need No more lives torn apart That wars would never start And time would heal all hearts Every man would have a friend That right would always win And love would never end This is my grown-up the contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I feel like I should be singing this. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm the editor of Large today. I'm a cartoonist, uh, a dad. I do a lot of things. I'm also, I own a dog named Pip who has come in and has been guest hosting with us today. She came in and sat next to me the whole show and wants me to pet her. So anyway, uh, so just say hello to Pip. She's on the air also. Hey, today we've been talking about the gift that keeps on giving. And you know what? This is a great time to give something, you know, what's something that everybody could use? A little bit of blood, particularly if they need it. So donating blood, we've been talking about that with our guest, Director of Donor Recruitment, for Mississippi Blood Services, Merle Elridge. Merle, um, I tell you, of course, you've been going in the office a lot. When y'all, did y'all have to work from home some? Never, never. Never? So y'all were in the never. office the whole time, yeah. We, we yeah. were in the office the whole time. Um, there were too many moving pieces for, for me to be at home. And you know what? I, I have to give huge kudos to the staff that we have that are what we consider our front line. They're the, they're the phlebotomists who are seeing these donors. Um, yeah. You know, in March, when the attorney general came out and, and really promoted blood donations, um, we were seeing so many donors, hundreds and hundreds just here at our main center. Um, and, and on our blood drives, they, they were busy. And, and our staff have, have really held strong through all of this and never missed a beat. Everybody been able to stay healthy? Yeah, we've, we have been very fortunate. And I think it comes back to where um, we talk about keeping our donors safe. You know, when we're keeping a donor safe, we're also keeping our staff safe. So the requirement of masks, the PPE, the washing of hands, the extra sanitation of the beds after every single donor, all of those things have also led to the safety of our staff, and we've been very fortunate. Yeah, like I said, I'll tell everybody, I've given a couple times this year uh, platelets and blood, which one, blood's pretty quick. Platelets involves about an hour of, of laying on the couch. And both times I felt very comfortable. I didn't feel like that I was at risk in any way. So, I mean, mm-hmm. y'all do a great job covering covering all bases on that. I was, I was just wondering if you were home. I tell you, uh, I was sitting here talking about Pip just a second ago. I've been at home a lot working, and um I don't know what I'd do without my dog, to be honest with you. I think she has, she has gotten me through 2020 on this, but I know the, the, the importance of your job is what's gotten you through. Um, you do offer a lot of variety of donation opportunities. We've been talking about, oh, people need to give. Well, I think probably at this point in the show, we need to let them know how to give. And what are some of the ways that people can come and donate blood? Because like you said, you can't get into the high school, so you're having to, to kind of change things and do things a little bit differently. That's right, and and I would highly recommend if anybody um, is interested in donating, we have a free mobile app. It's um, just search for Mississippi Blood Services, and you're going to be able to access all of the blood drives we have. Um, they're also on our website, which is msblood.com, um, and you can see where we're located. You can make an appointment if you'd like to. Um, and just to give you an example today, this this just kind of shows you. Um, all of the little areas we may end up. Um, so you may be in one of those towns. You're like, oh, they're probably not going to come near me. You might be surprised. Today we're in Grenada, Sardis, Mississippi, Winona, Ackerman, um, Madison, and um, Louisville. So we're that's just a, a small example of you know the the wide range of places that we go any given day looks a little different. But the easiest thing to do is to either download our free mobile app or visit our website. I mean, we're going to give you all of the locations we have available for you to come and donate. 
and say there's a group, um, there's a bubble of folks that work together or whatever that they pretty much know that they're safe and they want to put together a blood drive, they can contact you and make that happen, right? Oh, absolutely. And we're going to make it super easy for you. We um, help with all of the logistics. We have um, a great team of six mobile recruiters, um, marketing recruiters across the state that can actually work with you on the details. We do all the marketing materials and help you publicize and everything. So if you have a location that you think, you know, I, I think I have about 20 people in, in my workplace or my church or even my neighborhood, we've been going to neighborhoods um, that would be interested in donating, definitely give me a, a call and we can work out the details on that. I got to throw out real quick a huge kudos to your staff. You mentioned phlebotomist, which is a $5 word for the person who sticks you with the needle. They are really good. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I'm not a big fan of needles, um, and they really make it easy. And I just wanted to kind of people, if they ever get think about getting nervous about doing it, uh, to, to know that it is a very easy and actually a pretty comfortable uh, thing to do. That's right. We do. We have um, great phlebotomists here. Um, on the road and at our fixed locations. I um, mean, they're going to take good care of you from the time you walk in to get you registered until the time you're leaving with your juice and cookies. Um, you're going to be taken care of while you're here. We had Katie on the road that called in, but we lost her. And Katie, I just wanted to say, if you're listening right now, that go ahead and email us your questions at marshall at mpbonline.org and we'll we'll get you an answer for that sorry that we dropped you on that as well um once again the biggest need you need blood volunteers donations and you're 5013 uh c3 i always get that backwards and so you you basically can take monetary donations too correct that's right that's right we sure do um and you know it it takes a team of of people from um, of all kinds to make this work logistically and um, and we've got a great staff here that does that and we have uh, we have someone over the development side of what we do so if there's somebody interested in donating they're unable to donate blood for whatever reason um, we definitely take monetary donations as well Merle throw out the website real quick it is msblood.com have a safe and ho happy holiday it's always good to talk with you thank you so much thank you Marshall all right, we come to the end of another great show. I want to thank you for joining us and thank our guest director of donor recruitment with Mississippi Blood Services, Merle Eldridge. If you'd like to hear the show again or any past episodes, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast app by searching Now You're Talking. The show's production of MPP Think Radio is produced by Michelle McAdoo. Hey, stay tuned. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Josie Bidwell will be coming up. And be sure to join us next Monday at 10 a.m. for another great conversation here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a safe week.